Well, good morning, everyone, and I hope you're all having an amazing weekend. And those of you watching online, I hope you're watching online because you are having an amazing weekend. Guys, we are going to jump just straight into the scripture that we're going to be looking at this morning. So if you guys have your Bibles ready, please go to Acts chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. And you guys might have encountered this, read this many times. The context that's happening right now is this is when Jesus just spent 40 days with his disciples after the resurrection. And now he's about to make his final depart until... He returns what we're all waiting for right now. So this is how it begins. Starting in verse 7. It says, And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, He was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Jesus, this morning as we are finishing this series, the summer summer with you, Lord, I pray that this message can be from you, that I can just be your instrument, Lord, and give us all ears to hear of how we can represent you to the people around us and to the ends of the earth. Lord, help us to learn and grow and help others grow in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, if you guys would do this for me, I, I, I have to believe that we have all had this person or maybe group in our life, but I want you guys to think of that person who showed up in your life when you needed it the most. That person where if they didn't show up, who knows where you would be today? And that person that just showed up and just drew you closer to Christ, closer than, man, again, who knows if that person didn't show up where you would be with it. For me, it was the greatest person to enter my life, and his name was Don. And this is a picture of Don when uh, he met my son for the first time. Now, I'll tell you guys, I love my son, but that man right there, seriously, the greatest person I have ever met who just showed up when I needed it the most. And I'll tell you guys how I met him. It was during my like early, just graduated high school, young adult life where I finally finally started to take my faith serious, where I was done giving God my scraps and I wanted to give him it all. Now, I started to attend my college group, guys, and I was trying so hard to figure out what it meant to be a Christian. Now, I loved my college group. It was, it, it was a very impactful time in my life. But it was actually one of the most difficult times in my life in my Christian faith because I was trying so hard to figure out what it meant to look like a Christian. And, and I mean that very literal. Like, I was trying to, like, on the outside, how you looked at me. I wanted you to see that I was a Christ follower. And so while I was at this college group, I was trying to be like everybody there. And so I started trying to dress like these people. I started trying to talk like these people. I started trying to listen to the same type of Christian music that these people were. And I failed at every single one of those. I 
could not dress like them. Their pants were way too tight. And before you say it, yes, tighter than these. <laughs> but their pants were way too tight. I just did not grow up in the life that they grew up in. And the music that I thought I was listening to, anytime I talked to them, I was like, oh man, I love this. I love this song. I heard it on the radio. I was always met with the, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't listen to them. They're, they're, that's just cliche Christian music. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. And so I was trying my hardest to fit this mold. And guys, I, it was hard and I was failing over and over again to the point where I was just about to just quit because I couldn't do it until I met Don. Now here's how I met him. When I decided to stop giving God my scraps and take him serious, I also decided that I wanted to start serving at the church. But I had one rule, no kids ministry. I did not want to serve in the children's ministry. It wasn't for me. I knew my limitations. I was like, God, I'll, I'll do anything. Just don't put me in that horrible place. And wouldn't you guess, that is a place that God put me. On a Sunday, I was walking with my old youth pastor. And he was showing me all the different youth, all the different ministries. And when I came across the ministry that Don was in, I was already like, I'm, I'm, this is kids. I'm not going to do it. But I walk in. And I see this man who's almost 60 years old in this tie-dye shirt that said, Jesus is groovy on it, just having a blast with about 75 kids in this chapel. And then I looked, and he was the only person in this ministry. So those of you who work in some sort of child care program, you're probably gasping and super anxious because this is not per code. Yes, it was not for code, Don needed help. And so I told God, fine, I'm going to help this guy. And I decided to help Don. But what I didn't realize at the time was he was actually going to help me in this walk. So I volunteered in that ministry and I, vol and I loved every Sunday that I was a part of that ministry. Don and I had this amazing duo of this incredible kids program. Students were, kids were coming. It was fun. It was great. We had this whole, just every week, him and I had a bit like we were doing an SNL, like for the kids every Sunday. It was so much fun to the point where, I mean, I looked forward to Sundays. I wanted to be a part of that ministry so bad. And then one day, I got a phone call from my old youth pastor and Don to get lunch. And during that lunch, they asked me if I would like to intern in this ministry. And I didn't have to even pray about it because I'm like, I get to hang out with Don for the rest of the week? Yes, sign me up. What I'd soon found out was the Don on Sunday was not the Don on Monday through Friday. That man was actually super introverted. He kept it all in until he had to dispense it on a Sunday. But I, I, loved, I loved every conversation that I had with Don. And then I started learning so much from this man more than I realized, that as we were talking during the week, guys, we just, we talk about just random stuff. We talk about his Chevelle. We talked about the, his wildlife before he took his faith serious, his faith serious. We talked about how his kids annoyed him. Also, just to let you know, I love Don so much that when I found out that he had a son, I was like heartbroken. I was like, what? <laughs> what? There's somebody else? <laughs> yeah. 
And then I found out that he was in the army too. And I was like, what? He's even cooler than me. So that, I remember that day. That was super heartbroken. But we talked about how his kids annoyed him. And then we talked about how his coworkers annoyed him. And I'm just like agreeing until I realized, wait, I am one of his coworkers. <laughs> and I probably was annoying him. And then I just never, it just happened randomly where him and I out of nowhere started talking to each other like Cheech and Chong, where he was Cheech and I was Chong, and just did that every week to where we were just annoying everybody else on staff. But one thing that I will hold forever from Don is this man did not care to fit any box. From that first Sunday where I was seeing this fun-loving tie-dye shirt wearing guy, he did not care and God loved him. Loved him the way he is. He loved God and God loved him. And to make it even better for me, he loved me and accepted me the way I was. Didn't care what I looked like. Didn't care what I was listening to. Didn't care what I said. This guy just loved me for me. And I found myself wanting to hang out with this 60-year-old man way more than I wanted to hang out with those people in my college group. And I did that every second that I could. And so Don, he passed away a year ago, which was an incredibly sad day. But what he did for me will last for eternity. That he taught me that I can be myself and God still loves me. So I want to ask you guys, who was that for you? Who showed up in your life when you needed it the most? that brought you closer to God than you could in that moment. Who was that for you? See, he showed up in my life, and he did bring me closer to God, and he was just a great representation of him. And I'll remember that forever. So this morning, as we are finishing this series that we have been doing all summer, the Summer with Jesus, we have been spending our time with the people in Scripture that Jesus encountered. That Jesus showed up in their lives. And through these encounters and through these interactions, their life was forever changed. That their lives were impacted. And my hope is as we have been in this series and we have heard all these stories and seen all these moments, that we realize that our lives are being impacted just by witnessing it, just by hearing it, just by learning about it. That's been my hope. That's what's been happening to me. Because each moment has been impactful. To see the way Jesus talks to people. To see the way Jesus loves the people that he shows up to. And what has been the most like, apparent to me in the series is when you do spend time with Jesus, you will hear and see some amazing things in your life and the lives of the people around you. And I want you to think about that, man. Can you, can you imagine being one of the 12 of those disciples the amazing things that they witnessed Jesus do in those three years that they got to spend with him. Can you imagine everything that they witnessed? Now, you can go back and hear the series. If you missed any of the Sundays, you can go back and, and hear them and, and learn some of the moments. Or you can grab your Bible and read some of the moments of, of spending time with, when people spent time with Jesus or Jesus spent time with them. But when you read you're going to encounter a verse that, that just kind of just brings me there and kind of changes everything for me. And I'll tell you why. But here's a verse that you'll encounter. It's in John 21, 25. It says, now there, 
are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. See, why this changes everything for me is I read the Gospels and I'm already just super (laughs) impacted by what happened there. That we don't have everything that the disciples witnessed. And they witnessed everything. Guys, I want you to think about this. They heard everything that Jesus had to say. They witnessed everything that Jesus did. And they would really know Jesus. I mean, they would know the jokes that Jesus made. I mean, think about this. They knew what it sounded like when Jesus laughed. If he was a, ah! or just a <laughs> chuckle. They would know if Jesus gave somebody a pity laugh. They would know Jesus. They would know Jesus' favorite food. They would know the food that he didn't like. So if somebody ever like served him something and they all like were around like, oh, Jesus doesn't like that. And he's just smiling, accepting this meal. They knew everything about this man. They spent so much time with him. They witnessed it all. And then everything changed just in a moment. Everything changed at the beginning of Acts chapter 1, 7 through 9. And through this change, I want us to remember this point. That there is a time to spend with Jesus. Then there are times to show up like Jesus. Or show up in his likeness. Let's read Acts chapter 1, 7 through 9 again. It says, he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. There is a time to spend with Jesus then there are times to show up like Jesus or show up in his likeness. In this verse, in this scripture, Jesus tells them that they will now be his witnesses. This Greek word here is where we get the word martyr from. Jesus is literally saying, you will be my martyrs. Now we know the word, but scholars actually debate the meaning here, contextually speaking. Like what is Jesus actually saying, like, what are they going to be witnesses of or witnesses to? And there are two arguments that I come across that they they debate. The first one is this, that the disciples are now being trusted to share Jesus's story and the significance of what he did, which is pretty much Jesus is trusting them to share the gospel message. And the other meaning that they debate is that Jesus is trusting them To do for others as ones who belong to him. I'll say it again. That Jesus is trusting them to do for others as ones who belong to him. Now I love both meanings. I love the argument. And you guys can have your opinions of which one you think Jesus is is actually saying here. But what I see in common with these two two debates is Jesus is trusting the disciples. There is a trust here. Jesus is trusting the disciples to now 
represent him, whether that is to share the gospel or whether that is to, sh- to be as ones who, are, who belong to him. Jesus is trusting them to get people or trusting them to get people to grow closer to him. He is trusting the disciples to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, unless you are literally going to do that, a lot of pastors and youth directors will teach you the meanings of, in today's world, of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, where Jesus is telling them to go and preach the gospel, go be a representation of me, first in Jerusalem, which is your immediate, where you currently are, the people that you love, the people that you're closest with, people that are willing to listen to you because of your reputation with them, go and teach the gospel in Jerusalem. The other one is Judea, which is just the surrounding area, the region, that everybody else around you. The next one is Samaria, where if you guys have been listening this summer or before, we always talk about Samaria and the Samaritans, how there was a lot of tension going on between the Jewish people and the Samaritan people, where Jesus right here is saying, go to Samaria. You're going to go to regions that are difficult, that it's not going to be so easy, that you don't have the best reputation together, but you are still called to go there. And then the ends of the earth, which is pretty self-explanatory, everywhere else. And so that's what most people would teach you in our world, how to, how to bridge the gap between what Jesus was saying to the disciples and how we can apply that to our lives today. But Jesus is trusting them to represent him and to be his witness, witnesses. They spent three years with him after he showed up in their lives. And now he is trusting them to show up in others. There's a time to spend with Jesus, and then there are times to show up like him or show up in his likeness. Now, I want to stop here and ask you guys, have you ever just paused and thought of the emotions that the, that the disciples, the 11, would have been feeling in this moment? I mean, it's now on them. Jesus is putting it on them. Jesus is now trusting them to do the things that he taught and that he showed them. Up to this point, it was fine because If they did something, they made a mistake, Jesus would have been there to correct it. Just like we saw a few weeks ago when Michael was teaching about the disciples keeping the children from him. Jesus was there to fix it, to correct. But now Jesus is leaving. It is on them to do the right thing. It is on them to represent Jesus. Can you imagine what that that felt like? Because when I was writing this and I was thinking about that, it was making me nervous and I even know how this ends. But those emotions, those are, those are terrifying emotions. They are now going to be left to do it. It's on them. And I want to ask you, man, have you ever had a moment like that in your life where out of nowhere, it was up to you to get the job done? No more training. No more exercises. It is time to do the real thing. It is time to take everything that you learned and now go and do it yourself. You are the expert. You're the professional. You're the one now who gets to train. Have you had that moment in your life? And then the second question I have is, did that happen to you sooner than it should have happened, but you still had to step up and get the job done? I want to talk about Don one more time because when I think of this moment, it does remind me of something that Don did to me. But now I look at, and it's something that Don did for me. 
Like I told you guys, our ministry was amazing. The kids program, greatest kids program. I know I'm super biased, but it was amazing. We had the system, we had the program, we had the ministry down to a T. We had, we thought weeks ahead of time, we picked out the greatest songs for that Sunday. We picked out the greatest games that would go with the message. We had a great video message that either Don and I would show or him and I would produce. And then at the very end, Don would stand up and give a little sermonette specifically for our kids and how to apply it to their lives. And it was going great. Everything was amazing every Sunday. We just had a blast. And then one Sunday, Don calls an audible. And I'll tell you guys, showed up, amazing song, amazing game, video message was so funny, the, the, the kids loved it. But the time that Don was going to come up to give the sermon, he stood up, grabbed the microphone and said, all right guys, Brian is now going to teach you guys the closing message. And I was sitting in the front row thinking, oh, I didn't know we had a special guest named Brian. We have the same name. <laughs> Why didn't Don tell me? Now, I thought this because who would just throw somebody on stage to teach a message? And so I was just sitting there, and Don comes up to me and goes, go teach. And I'm just holding this microphone like, what? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. This is kids' ministry. You're fine. They will be super forgiving. Not true at all. They're, they will forget pretty quickly, but they are brutally honest. Brutally honest. Like, I'll tell you guys, if you want to know, if you really look fat in the outfit, go ask a kid. And that kid is probably going to tell you before you even ask if you look fat in that outfit. And so I was up there, and I had to give the closing sermon. I have no idea what I said. But what Don didn't know, and he knew at the time, but the impact that it had in my life today is Don gave me my very first sermon to preach. And after that, it was on me to do that every Sunday. And it has become the greatest thing in my life. That Don, it, it was Don who gave me the first chance. That man, that man showed up. That man gave me one of the greatest bits of advice and has just always had an impact on the rest of my life. And it will continue, even though he doesn't. See, now it was on the disciples to represent Jesus. It was them. It's their turn. Out of nowhere. I don't know if Jesus, he, I mean, he warned them many times, but I don't know if they knew it that day that this is it. This is on you. But Jesus, Jesus gave it to them. And guys, Jesus actually trusted them. Like not the moment, you know, where you look at a kid and you're like, hey, I'm leaving the house. I'm trusting you, where the, you know, there's a lot of like, I don't trust you, but you better show me that this was a good decision. But Jesus is actually trusting them, that he knows they got it, that they know there's going to be some mistakes, but they got it. But you see, Jesus actually didn't leave them to their own. He actually gave them two of the greatest things before he left so that they could do this job well. The first thing he gave was a prayer. He prayed for these disciples. He pr prayed for what was coming. If you guys, you might have read this before, but if you guys go to John 17, it's one of the greatest prayers that you can read that Jesus gave about his followers, about his disciples, the night before he got arrested, or the night that he was arrested. 
Now you can read the whole prayer, but I'm going to read a little part for you where it's John 17, 12 through 19, where he prays specifically for the 11. It says, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you. And these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they're not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the, out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their, their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. Jesus prayed for them before this happened. In my opinion, if Jesus prays for you, I think you're going to be all right. Yes. <laughs> so he prayed for them. He gave them one of the greatest things before he left. And then he gave them the greatest thing before he left. And how I know this is the greatest thing is because in the same uh, moment in John 17, which 14 through 17, Jesus tells his disciples that he has to go. And it's better that he goes because they're going to get the thing that they need the most. And they need it. It is better that he leaves so they can get this. And that is the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave them the Holy Spirit in order for them to do this job and this job well. That's what it tells us in, in uh, the verses that we're looking at this morning in Acts chapter 1. It says in the verse 8 of that, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come to you. Guys, he has given them everything that they needed and then left. And now it was their time to represent Jesus. It was their time to take everything that they heard, everything that they witnessed, everything that they learned, everything that Jesus showed them, to now go and do it for others, to show up in someone's life when they needed it most. It was on them to be the witnesses. Like I said, there is a time to spend with Jesus like they just did for three years. And now there's a time to show up like Jesus or show up in his likeness. And Arbor, that is the same for us today. That Jesus is trusting us to go out and be his representation, to go out and be just like him, to go out and be a part of someone's life when they need it the most to show up in his likeness when they need it the most. Guys, we just spent a summer being with him. We just spent a summer learning from him, hearing from him, seeing what he did in the lives of others and the impact that it had, remembering or experiencing that same impact that he had in our lives. And I hope that as we have this summer, as we spent time with these conversations and the moments that Jesus showed up, I hope that you have found some areas in your life where you relate to these people in scripture. But now I hope you see how you completely relate to the 11 disciples who are standing right in front of Jesus saying, it's your time. Go up there. It's your time to go and teach. 
It's your time to go and show. It is your time to represent me. I hope you see that you can relate to what these ele- how the 11 were feeling when Jesus left the earth that day. That Jesus is trusting us as his followers to be like him. And like I said before, it's not a, I'm trusting you. It is, I am trusting you. You have this. You can do this. You can represent me. And guys, we can show up and help others grow closer, grow closer to Christ. Like the person that you're thinking of. And just like Don did for me. You can show up and change the path completely that a person is taking. You just got to go. You just got to represent him. He's trusting us to be our witnesses. Jesus is trusting us. And I'll be honest with you guys. If you call yourself a Christian, you you are representing him whether you like it or not. Whether it's good or not. Because Paul writes this in Galatians 3.27. says, for all of you, and this is the NIV, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And I want, it says you have clothed yourself with Christ. I want you guys, I really want you to uh, raise your hand. Who here has ever worn a uniform or an article of clothing that had the company that you were representing or organization that you're representing, like on your person, whoever, who has her. Or who here has ever owned their own company that has some clothing or a vehicle or something with the company name? Now, how many of you have ever heard this statement? When you put this on, you are representing this company. Have you heard that before? Guys, those of us who are followers, those of us who have been baptized, we are clothed with Christ. We are putting on Christ. So we're representing. We're representing whether we like it or not. But how about, how about we represent what the people in our life did, what Jesus has done? How about we be the good representation? And just like the 11, he has given us everything we need to do the job and to do it well. Just like with the 11, he gave us a prayer. And I'll show you guys. I, the, before, I, I showed you guys John 17, 12 through 19. John 17, 12 through 19. This is the next verse in John, John 17, verse 20, where he actually prays for us, for every person in this room. He says, starting verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they, may also, that they may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them, even as you loved me. Jesus prayed for us. Jesus prayed for us to be that representation in the world so others may draw closer to him. He prayed for us. And the second thing is he has also given us the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, so we can do this well. He didn't leave us alone to do this job. 
He gave us everything that we need so we can show up in the lives of others. So Arbor, there is a time to spend with Jesus and there is a time to show up like Jesus or show up in his likeness. So Arbor, let's show up. Let's show up in the lives of others. Let's represent him well and let's bring people closer to him just like the people have done for you and just like Don did for me. Let us do the very thing that Jesus is trusting us to do, and that is to be his witness. Whether that is to share the significance of his story in the gospel, or that is to treat others like ones who belong to him. Let us represent well. Let us be his witness to the people around us. And if you are wondering where to start, well, just listen to Acts chapter 1. Start with your Jerusalem, then go to your Judea, then your Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Start with your Jerusalem, the people closest to you. Start with your family. Show up like Jesus with your spouse, with your kids, with your siblings, with your parents. And then move to everyone around. The people that you work with, the people that you're at school with, the people that you spend extra time with. And even, you know, that cousin that you have, that even though there's no blood relation, but your mom is really close with their mom, even that person, that Judea. And then go to the area where it's not the easiest, where it's quite difficult to represent him. But do it. And to the ends of the earth. Like I said, pretty self-explanatory. But Arbor, it's on us. The emotions that the disciples were feeling in Acts chapter one, you might be feeling that right now. You might be feeling... A little anxious. But let me encourage you. You have everything that you need to do it and do it well. So let's show up. Jesus, thank you for being our example. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for showing us. But Lord, thank you for bringing those people into our, our lives. Lord, thank you for bringing Dawn into my life. Lord, now I pray for us. Spirit, Oh, man, burn it inside of us to go represent well and remind us that we got this. And when we feel like we don't, just use us as an instrument. Use us as an instrument for the people who need to hear this message or the people that need to hear just life-giving advice. Or we may never know if we interceded in a point in someone's life when they need it the most. But Lord, I pray that that is not what we're focused on, but we're just focused on being you for everyone around us. Lord, bring those people to us. But most importantly, bring us to them. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Amen.